0: off top in the 1962 nba finals went to game seven celtics against the lakers bill russell had 30 points and 40 rebounds not to be outdone though elgin baylor on the other side you may have forgotten this he went for 41 points and 22 rebounds in the loss play the music This is the Dominique Foxworth show. All right. Memory, man. I think we talk about this a lot. We're talking about uh, all time greats about how the further we get away from them, the like less we remember specifics. And it's just kind of like, hey, this guy was really good at this. Or we just paint this whole broad brush and Elgin Baylor is left out of a lot of these great conversations, but. because they didn't win enough and the same with Jerry West didn't win enough and it's not fair because we talk about these great fourth or these great game seven performances and obviously the Steph Curry game is what led me into looking up game seven performances obviously that's one we're probably going to remember for a long time even though it's just a first round series it's set a record and it changed the way we feel about um I think it's probably I don't know if it's changed the way we feel about Steph Curry, but it's kind of solidified something that I think has been happening for Steph. The wild is he's having this late career kind of uh, legacy redefinition. Does that make sense? I feel like last season was as big for Steph Curry the way we were going to remember Steph Curry as just about anything. And it's odd because it's normally not how it happens for players. It's not. That those final championships or those final runs that convince us that they are higher on the Mount Rushmore than we think they should be, but it's certainly happening for Steph Curry. What do you think?
1: I think it's, uh, I mean, it's reframing the Steph and Curry conversation in an interesting way because 2015, 2016, Steph Curry, his impact on basketball, his impact on the sport. It became a real conversation of is this guy a generation-defining player along with or ahead of LeBron James. 2016 finals happens, and LeBron blocks Curry a bunch, basically looks at all of us and says, shut the f*** up, I'm still (laughs) that dude. Uh, Durant shows up in Golden State. The narrative around that team. Kevin Durant, is he the best player on that team? Um, Is this legacy-defining for Kevin Durant? The narrative was about him and how it was going to change his legacy. I think if we look back at that, Stephen Curry had won two MVPs. He had had the greatest shooting season of all time in 2016. I think without a doubt, um, that's fair to say. I mean, I'm sure there, there have been guys who have shot higher percentages from three, but not from volume, not from difficulty, not from impact, not from gravity. The narrative that got changed by those Durant years was was Steph Curry's. He, it's like A-Rod moving to third base. He became someone who was willing to accommodate a second star. There were three unstoppable players in the world. Golden State had two of them. And Stephen Curry's generosity is what made that happen. But we're talking about someone who was on an all-time run, a truly all-time run of right there with Jordan, right there with LeBron for those couple years of how special this guy was. And he took a backseat. He gave up finals MVPs. And what we've since seen with the re- reformation of this warrior's dynasty in the second part is those were the years we lost from Steph as an A1 Alpha. And getting to do this again, I think, is reminding us what we thought of
0: those first two years of the warrior's dynasty. Yeah, I mean, we're assuming that he would have that. I think you're assuming that he would have had success in those moments, which is not a fair assumption to make. Like They could have. It really changed a lot about the history of the game because yeah. it could have been it would have been Steph and LeBron going at it without KD in there to tilt the scales, or Durant
1: or Durant versus Steph in the Western Conference Finals. Those that's teams fair. Yeah. awesome
0: too. And it could have been yeah Durant versus LeBron in the championship in a way that felt more uh, a little bit fairer. But what we're seeing from Steph now, I think, is it's on those LeBron levels where it's like all right, LeBron. Yeah. yeah, who else? Who else is there to help him? And I don't know that there's anybody who does. I don't want to be hyperbolic so I won't go that far I'll just say that seeing Steph shoot and then we've been seeing it for a while and I know he does a lot of other things well also but they all are based on the fact that you have to respect his shooting ability like his ball handling is great his passing is good but all of that stuff matters because you can't give him any space but watching him shoot compared to anybody else it's absurd like the distance between him and the next best shooter and I'm sure the stats don't support it but it doesn't matter when you're watching him shoot you always think it's going in whether it's contested or not and then he can hit shots from anywhere and I don't know that there's like Damian Lillard I guess comes to mind as someone who's similar has that similar amount of range and that dead eye shooting ability but it's just so impressive that he's gotten so good at that one thing and that one thing has Spawn so many other things. Like there's no one close to him as far as catch and shoot, shooting and off the dribble, shooting and the step back shot. It just is, it's everything is predicated on that unique ability. And like you mentioned, it's a game changing ability that everyone's been trying to mimic to some degree, but nobody can. That whole offense, that whole team, the foundation of it is. I feel like at one point we thought the foundation was like the discovery of Draymond green's versatility. It was like, Oh, this is the unique thing that this team does that makes them special, but it's always been Steph shooting. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's the shooting and the movement. I mean, we've seen great shooters who can't shoot in these absurdly twisted off the catch, off the dribble in traffic ways that Steph can, he can score at every single layup. Like, His handle's crazy. It's not Kyrie crazy, but it's right there. It's right the tier below. Um, His finishing in traffic for a small guard is preposterous. Um, And I mean, look, the statistical cases are there. Uh, You know, when he's on the floor for his career, it's always like the team is 15 points better per 100 possessions. It's like his gravity makes... Him alone, an offense that's like the Showtime mm-hmm. Lakers, the 80 Celtics, uh, the best Cavs team in 2017. Um, it's always been strength in numbers, but it's, it's really strength
0: in numbers around Stephen Curry. Right. Yeah. His, his uniqueness and his shooting ability. And I guess I, I know the numbers support that he's great, but mm-hmm. I guess the numbers don't support, in my view, how much better he is at what he does best than other people. Yeah. Oh, just like pure shooting numbers yeah Yeah. like i was because they're specialists yeah they're specialists and 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 i don't care (laughs) it's just watching him as something special and something different and the the probability of his shot going in no matter when he's shooting it is is feels higher to me than anyone else and I, i think most people agree especially coming off of that game, the prisoner of the moment thing. You, uh, you and I had a good laugh over the weekend talking about ranking him amongst the other great point guards uh, in in history. And it feels prisoner of the moment-y, but his versatility, and his his defense has gotten better. That's the one drawback, I guess good. you could say, is that yeah, I mean, but yeah, just, if if I were to pick a point guard, like, I I don't know who I would argue. Be better and like I wasn't there like locked in for Magic Johnson or Isaiah Thomas. Like I, I saw them, but I wasn't locked in to the degree that I was around like LeBron and stuff. But uh, those are only people in this conversation. Like where where I guess Steve Nash is in the conversation, but eh, uh, John Stockton's in the conversation maybe. But mm, I don't think there's much of a debate because it feels like Steve Nash is. Is somewhat like he's also a really good shooter, yeah. Yeah, but he, yeah, he feels like he's a lower version of the same thing, yeah. And like Isaiah does something different, magic does something different, but magic's six nine, and that feels unfair to talk about him as a point guard, honestly. I mean, so the magic stuff, like
1: his highlights, they we, we've we've texted about this, they they stand the test of time. Like you look at magic's highlights, and you're like, how the hell did his brain think to do this stuff? And obviously. You look at offensive rating with those Lakers teams. It's it's a similar thing to Curry. That's basically you put Magic Johnson on the floor and your offense is the best ever or right there along with these teams. So it's really hard for me to parse that. But this actually brings me to an interesting point of, of sort of where I think of the point guard debate. And it's in the modern era. And I think the matchup that we're getting with the Lakers and the Warriors is the matchup of the two greatest point guards of the modern era and LeBron James and Stephen Curry. And they do it in so vastly different ways. Obviously LeBron's a power guard and for years he's been able to physically dominate people to get to the rim and jump off that left leg and and pretty much annihilate anyone in any situation. It's the ultimate run killer. But the way he plays point guard is slowly, he Mm -hmm. he gets a pick and roll and he's the greatest decision maker in the history of basketball. Over and over again, he reads the defense, he dissects them and if you make a millisecond mistake, LeBron James will figure it out and play that pattern until you call a fucking timeout and <laughs> are embarrassed. <laughs> Stephen Curry thrives off of the chaos as a ladder. Movement. Chaos. And to see that clash of styles again, in you know, a even it's different. Like we had Peak LeBron versus an ascending Curry. And now we have what I feel is like maybe the best Stephen Curry has ever been against a diminished LeBron who's going to get by more on, on Guile and his injured foot in this team with Austin Reeves and Anthony Davis and
0: Jared Vanderbilt guarding him. It's actually, it's fascinating. So the um the highlight thing is interesting because you're right. LeBron, I mean, uh, Magic's highlights hold up. Larry's highlights hold up. Jordan's highlights hold up. Elgin Baylor, highlights don't hold up. They don't hold up. I watched some Elgin Baylor highlights. He's dribbling they don't like, like Ray yeah, Charles. Yeah. They, don't, they don't hold up. He was obviously a dominant player, but... The highlights don't hold up anymore in the modern game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is a DC legend. But you know what I think is really interesting—the way that you describe them too—is like LeBron and, and Steph are such opposites in so many ways. They're both real superstars. LeBron's obviously an industry onto himself, or like a franchise of his own that takes his, moves his franchise from, from city to city. And then obviously Steph has been a part of this strength in numbers thing, and LeBron was like the chosen one. the beginning and like climbed the mountain slowly but proved it and like kind of fulfilled all of the predictions we have from and Steph was the other way and and kind of came out of nowhere and and started to climb into being in this conversation and then you have like LeBron single mother home poverty whatever and then you got Steph he's his dad was in the NBA and his parents were married at least for the time he was Uh, growing up and went to went to Davidson and like oh, I was gonna see you're gonna land that plane. Okay, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying from the from a standpoint, it's funny that they're so different in so many different ways, and that also like they're play the same position. To your point, I get what you're saying. They both are the point guards, but they play in such different ways. And LeBron is like a computer or like a, a he's almost like a he's a technician, and Steph Curry feels like an artist. And, and that he's reacting and, and replaying – he's reacting to what they're doing. And he's, like, running these beautiful routes in, around the court and letting the defense adjust to the things that he's doing and then making the decisions based on that. And always the number one decision should always be to shoot, but that's not his first decision. And then watching their style of play, because you're right. LeBron, as explosive as he, he is in transition, the way he kills people is, like – he knows your adjustments. He knows the adjustments to the adjustments. He knows where the weaknesses are going to be. And it feels like he's just a computer on the floor, which I I don't know how valuable that is going into this series where he does not seem to have the full game athleticism that he once had. Uh, and he doesn't have a shooting ability. At least this this season, he hasn't shot very well. So this series is going to be interesting, but we're going to put it as Steph versus LeBron but it's really Steph versus AD if we're talking about the top players in the series. Well, so, God,
1: I think in this series we're going to look – LeBron barely played in the post against the Kings unless it was those seal plays where he was able to seal someone off in transition and get, get uh, an easy basket. But LeBron's going to have to play in the post against the Warriors. It's what has always been a kryptonite for that team. Uh, Draymond has never done a great job guarding LeBron one-on-one. Um, That was an Iguadala thing. I think we'll see more of that. Uh, I mean, looking at this series, it's a clash of styles in an immense way. I actually think the Lakers are going to do a good job defending the Warriors, even though I I do think off, like my gut says the Warriors are going to win this series. This is a uniquely gigantic and mobile Lakers team that's going to give them problems. And, you know, they played a King's team where Sabonis was a shell of himself by the end, truly a a broken, broken, broken man. Um, And Deere Fox had broken fingers. uh, And I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from the Warriors victory. Like Fox is out there. He was, you know, still their best player and still their most impactful player. Um, But we're going to see a peak Davis, hopefully. Uh, We're going to see LeBron orchestrating the offense in an interesting way. Like, those those stretches where Austin Reeves was running that two-man game on the opposite side of the floor, and LeBron was anchoring it on the other wing. You know, you could see that change happening where LeBron's pointing out Tyus Jones is in the game. Austin Reeves, you take the ball. You have this mismatch. You run your two-man game with Davis or Rui Hachimura. Like, that's the size mismatch that we want to hit. Like, even off ball, he's an extra coach,
0: and that's, that's what's fascinating. Yeah, I, you can have confidence in your prediction, but I have no idea. Like I don't feel confident at all. I can imagine this series going a well, bunch of different ways. I, I I should let, let people in on this. I, uh, I love LeBron James.
1: I'm rooting. I'm rooting for the Lakers. I just like, I, I would feel it's, uh, not doing justice to the Warriors. If I came out full fanboy and was like, LeBron's going to do this on one foot nearing 40 years old with a ragtag
0: bunch of te- teammates that he traded for mid season. Um, it seems impossible, honestly, but I mean, you look at what the Warriors have been doing and they don't seem unbeatable. They feel like they're rounding in the shape and they feel like a different team. And I guess what it comes down to, or part of what it comes down to to me is like, is what version of Wiggins are you going to get in this next next round? Is he playing himself back into like last year's finals, Wiggins? Can he be the Austin Reeves stopper? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he can be. I, I love Austin, but... Uh, it's a lot to be relying on Austin Reeves in these big time situations, but he's, he's been coming through. Um, Is there anything else in the NBA playoffs that is worth discussing right now? Because I mean, we got the, the Knicks heat coming up. uh, I have one, one, one quick final anecdote about Stephen
1: Curry, which I don't think I've shared on the podcast, but I think I've shared with you before, maybe in 2016. When that team was a revolution, right? And people were getting there three hours before the game to watch Steph warm up. Um, I went to college and had mutual friends with Festus Zadili, who was the backup center on that team, who's now infamous for getting cooked by LeBron on those back-to-back possessions in game seven, but was a solid backup big for them for a couple of years. And is just a tremendously nice guy. Um, But when Steph came to DC and he lit DC up for 51 and hit 13 threes on John wall, um, I went with one of Festus's friends and, uh, he brought us down to the tunnel afterwards. We were chatting with him. This was in the midst of them going 73 and nine. And we asked him how everything was going. And he looked, looked me dead in the eyes. Like, how's everything going? I get to play basketball with Stephen Curry. This is the most fun thing ever. Everything is great. And I can't think of another professional basketball player. That's literally brings out joy in a backup bigs, just because they get to be on
0: the floor with someone who makes basketball so chaotic and fun. Yeah, just watching Draymond. When Draymond gets the ball, he's just searching for Steph. He just looks so so excited to give him the ball and let him shoot, and then react. And Steph looks so happy when Clay finally hit a shot in that game, and when he got that four point play just before the end of the third. Like it's it's fun to see when those guys are playing well and having fun. Um, I think yeah, I think I'm with you in like wanting LeBron to succeed, like more than anything, just because it just feels like he's. It might sound stupid to you, but like, it feels like he. It's just, the I guess it's just the modern way we talk about sports, where it's like they're looking for holes to put in LeBron's resume. And, and, and I hate that about the conversation. So I wish that he could fill all those holes, but there's no way that he's ever going to do
1: that. Well, that's a good, there's a thing with that. How do you think that if we're going to project forward and storyline predict, if Steph Wins this series against LeBron in theory. He's then up 4-1 in series against LeBron. They have the same amount of championships.
0: Uh, to yeah, say. I mean, putting Steph above LeBron is just stupid. I mean, I have, I have eyeballs. I wouldn't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just stupid. I mean, some people might try to or might try to argue that he had a better career or something like that. Not a better player, but a better career. I would disagree with anything that puts Steph in the same, like... uh I want not say tier, but they're yeah. both all-time greats. But, like, they they aren't in the same neighborhood to me. It's, and and I understand Steph's impact on the game and all that, but, yeah, what LeBron has been... We both fell into, into highlight rabbit holes, and I don't think anybody can beat a LeBron James highlight tape. Like, I don't think anybody can beat it, in- including Mike.
1: I'm a Mike highlight guy. His highlights yeah. just look like he's a giant Kyrie Irving who actually tries on defense, yeah. which is not, like... That's actually probably underselling it because he also jumped, like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's freakish. But the early LeBron highlights, they get lost in history, like the 2007 to 2009. Like, we look at Giannis and we're like, that's the peak of, like, what a human being could do. No, no. Go back and look at LeBron take off from the free throw line in-game and, like, almost bang his head on the top of the backboard on blocks and alley-oops. It was, like... He was so flashy then. It's gotten lost because he became this efficiency monster to win championships. But when he was out there, like with like his
0: peak handle, peak agility, peak speed, jumping, stupid. Stupid. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, Mike's highlights are incredible too. We shouldn't have to compare them, well, but I think
1: you know, he was playing against plumbers instead of podcasters. <laughs> so a different era.
0: Podcasters. That's funny. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play! Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, so um, you want to do a little bit? I mean, I guess we don't have to, but we can do a little bit on football and the draft and Lamar signing the contract. Like, it's a big deal, him getting his money. The conversation around Lamar's... It's an interesting one because, and we talk about this a lot. I think it's just people have these people have these uh, like the confirmation biases. They want Lamar to be framed as a loser or framed as a winner in this in these negotiations. Oh, you think? Yeah, it just felt really weird listening to people try to spin Lamar becoming the highest paid player in NFL history into a loss for him because he didn't get a fully guaranteed contract and like it doesn't feel like that to me it feels like he he was negotiating and part of the negotiation is like you put out a high bid so maybe he did want the fully guaranteed contract and he didn't get it but it just feels weird to for people to be like oh he should have had an agent uh he lost this deal that deal was on the table for him before like no it wasn't And like it, he got the high, I don't know. It just seems like a win for Lamar. It feels like a win for Ravens. And it feels like people trying to frame it as anything other than that. are just obviously haters.
1: I mean, Lamar Jackson is the choose your own adventure media story of the NFL. And he always is like the people on both sides, people are like, they're so unfair about Lamar Jackson. And it's like, no one has a conversation because both sides feel like it's completely unfair. And then the, the coverage of him, Uh, affects how we talk about him as a football player. When you talk about this contract, like maybe it's just not that interesting to say, but this is just a win-win for everyone. And this is the direction that I think most sane people thought it was going to end up uh, before we heard that Lamar was going to demand a trade. We thought he was never going to play there again. This seemed like the, the spot. Okay. Is he better than Kyler Murray? Yes. Give him more guaranteed money. Then Jalen Hurts came around. But initially, the Kyler Murray contract was initially the same person starting point when you remove Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Haslam's nonsense from all of this. Um, so did it end up in the right spot? Yes. Did Lamar not having an agent affect him negatively? Um, no, not in the negotiations, maybe in the way that this was handled from a media standpoint, because he didn't have sort of the uh, protection of a, whether it's a CAA or a different company that's going to basically um, leak news to protect their clients. If you want to say that's the loss that he didn't have an agent for. Yeah, that's totally fair. Would the stories have been more positive about him as a football player if he had had someone leaking that to Schefter or to Ian Rappaport? Of course. Was he going to end up probably with $185 million and being the Ravens quarterback? Also, yes.
0: None of this would have been different except for the way we talk about him. The uh, idea that we all are a little bit... uh... I don't know, a little bit biased in the Lamar conversation. Like, yeah, that's 100% true. And it, it, it's unfair. It's that he has to become this right, this lightning rod, but it's, it's the fact of the case. I talked about with Bomani a bunch of times that like, I know that I can't be completely unbiased because like, I feel a, a need to offer Lamar protection that he has never asked for and probably doesn't need. But like I, I witness the way that people talk about him and the way that they treat him and, uh, and like it feels like you have to combat that in some way, but there is really no way to combat it because it's kind of like the LeBron thing, where people are looking for ways to take these players to take some players down. There are certain people who are looking for ways to take some of these players down, and that doesn't apply. It doesn't feel like it applies to Steph, but maybe it did, but it,
1: it doesn't. It, it definitely did for the a couple of years. The No Finals MVP yeah, yeah. when they were saying
0: he's not a finisher. Yeah, he's not a finisher. No Finals MVP. Yeah, it happens to Steph too. Yeah. I mean, you had le-
1: like we all were laughing when LeBron was literally stepping over the dead bodies of of Steph and Clay at his Halloween party. Yeah, <laughs> being was... like, look at that choker. Um, I mean, the Lamar thing is it's a bummer because he's a super interesting football player, and mm-hmm. I have friends who watch ESPN being like, there's just not an honest conversation about him um, mm-hmm. because. And I, I genuinely feel this way because it it became so polarized from Bill Polian's first comments, like it becomes charged if you talk about his successes or failures. And that really stakes because, like, you know, these quarterbacks are monoliths in this league. And to not talk about their successes and failures as football players without it becoming something that's emotional for people, at, cer- at a certain point, it's like, it's a bummer because he's a really interesting player at a place in history because he's the first player to have the success with his style. Um, and his failures are interesting. His successes are interesting. And you know what? We can be better. We
0: can be better at this podcast. Now that he got his money, we can be better yeah. moving yeah. forward. We can be better. We'll, we will do our best to be honest about Lamar Jackson going forward. You have my word. Anything else from the draft before we wrap it up that you thought was interesting? I mean, Philly is all Georgia. Uh, I thought, the, I mean, this is connected to Lamar. some than Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. This is more connected to Jalen hurts, but Jalen hurts is his success is partially connected to Lamar being able to do it. But yeah, Shane Steichen in Indianapolis is getting Anthony Richardson, the super athlete and going to try to build an offense, uh, around him, which I'm looking forward to that. Any of that stuff. Yeah. uh, Excited. Uh, yeah. I mean, build Anthony Richardson statue. Now
1: Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Anthony Richardson, uh, Johnny United. Sorry, Johnny. Yeah. Um,
0: Luck doesn't get a statue. I don't think. Uh,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the record, uh, Definitely the quarterback with the best hair of any of those guys. You went from crew cut to gigantic forehead to balding 24-year-old. Um, so now uh, now we at least got Anthony Richardson in Indy. Um, honestly, the, the Eagles thing, I, I'd i love to know what you think about this. Like, I had joked for years the team should have just tried to draft the entire 2001 Miami Hurricanes defense when they had Sean Taylor and Ed Reed and Vince Wilfork and Jerome McDougal and Dan Morgan and DJ Williams and Jonathan Vilma. And the Eagles... We're like oh this is the best college defense since the 2001 miami hurricanes what if we just try and get all of them even the Keeley ringo pick like he's a physical freak and they got him in the fourth round as a flyer
0: yeah i, I mean I, there's a lot of things that come with that i know um certain teams have like certain styles that they like i, I noticed that the ravens under aussie they did a lot of Um, Alabama and then like later they did a lot of Oklahoma guys around the offensive side of the ball. I think that some of it is just like style of play that you like and you've seen it there and, and probably also like there's some terminology and lineage of like coaching styles in there that makes it easier. But it's also when you're going to these big places, like there's a culture aspect that you know is already taken care of. And, you know, like, if you get guys that are in from Georgia, guys that are in from Alabama, there is something about the way that they work, the way uh, that's what's expected of them, and you get a bunch of them, then it, it just carries over, and there's a transition right into your locker room. So I think there's that value that comes before you even talk about, you know what, they're damn good at football. And I'm not sure that they wouldn't have drafted these players no matter where they went to school, Yeah, because these are all, like, it all checks out. None of this feels like... I mean, the Kobe Dean slid like these are the guys that they got later in the draft, are all guys that like slid in the draft. And I was surprised that they were still around. And it just feels a lot like we want to celebrate Howie Roseman and the Eagles staff for making good decisions and uh, good trades and good draft picks. But a lot of the things that they're doing is just like, oh, yeah. That's common sense let's just do the common sense thing by well, the, the only
1: they're the only one of the 32 teams doing the common sense
0: yeah. well you know who's not the lions are not yeah oh, gosh oh my god that was we were all so excited about the lions before the draft and then they went and drafted two positions that people say you should never draft in the first round it's like inside backer and uh running back i guess people don't say you shouldn't draft the inside backer but generally it's a low value position you can find, uh, I mean, you go corner, rush in, dominant D tackle. There's a lot of things that you, a lot of positions you go through safety before you end up saying, "We gonna go first round on a linebacker." But they know more than us, I guess. Michael Parsons was was a inside linebacker at one point in his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is I, I felt like we were
0: all that uh, that Tyre Banks meme. We were all rooting for you. (laughs) Screaming at Dan Campbell. Yeah, they were. I mean, Dan Campbell, I'm still a big Dan Campbell fan, but man, he got a hold of the draft board because that feels very Campbell-y. Let's get a running back and a mic. That's very Dan Campbell-y. So much grit.
1: Um, I got to ask on Richardson, just a circle or background on the draft and put a bow on it. Jim Marise says he's going to start this season. Your thoughts when you hear that based on the fact that I think both of us viewed him as like, yeah. if not the top guy right there, but someone who could use right. some, uh, some seasoning.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't see the point in saying that now. Um, and I get it. That was part of my reason for wanting Anthony Richardson and kind of coming around on Anthony Richardson is because I think I saw what uh, Justin Fields has done and what uh, Jalen hurts did early in his career And it's like, if you have a quarterback that is a special runner, the floor for your offense is high. And Justin Fields is the best example because that offense was like, okay. With really not much else to point to as far as offensive firepower and even offensive line Forget firepower is anybody to help their offense other than um, Justin Fields. And it's not even Justin Fields being a great quarterback as much as it was like Justin Fields was being a great athlete. And so to me, When you have an athlete like that at that position, you can like sustain mediocre offense for the time that it takes to develop the passing skills. And that's always kind of been what I had been circling around for like my quarterback development philosophy is why I always say that the situation is more important than the player is because you need time and you need time to develop. And we've seen all these quarterbacks the best ones in football were not that great to start off. And like Tom Brady is the first example. It's like they bought him time until he grew into the quarterback. He was like Russell Wilson was one of those examples. I guess Aaron Rodgers came in hot, but he set out a year. Uh, Same with years. Yeah. Set out three years. Patrick Mahomes set out a year and then came in pretty hot. I'm I'm sure Patrick Mahomes would have been good the year before. But with Dak Prescott, like they bought him time with a rushing attack and a good defense. There came time to develop into into something. And you see that so often, and the thing about uh, having a quarterback with a running with running ability is he can create his own time. Like he can, you won't be garbage. You won't be terrible. He'll, you'll have a sustained, you'll sustain a decent, sustain a decent offense for long enough for him to develop the other parts of his game, if it's possible for him to develop those parts of his game. So, I'm fine with it. I think uh, it's not like they're gonna stop working on the other things that he needs to work on. But yeah, I, the what's the alternative? You just hire him, his own coach, and like don't worry about anything. Just don't even look at the schedule. Don't even look at the game plan just go out because otherwise it's not like if you don't hire somebody special for him, everyone else is all hands on deck during the season. Like we're all strategizing. We're all game planning. We're not, no one is, is like thinking about the future. So that's the other alternative. And the assumption is he needs more time. That time is, is not going to get him any better unless you have somebody there who's working on those things to get him better.
1: You don't think he's going to just learn from the Gardner Minshew
0: camp as a starter that's not that's not doing it for you yeah i don't i don't think that's i don't think that's the uh the way like no one is really learning honestly in season you do a little preseason learning and then you're playing that's it you're, you're trying to learn game plan to game plan you're not really getting better in the course of a nfl season you're not working on your moves like you do doing basketball now uh, you are every game <laughs> you are fighting for your for your playoff life as we have seen especially in the afc where they have the weakest division but that conference is going to be a lot of good teams or a lot of good quarterbacks, at least, not in the playoffs. Yeah, some, somebody needs to get traded to the NFC and give Jalen Hurts a run for his money. It's like Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. It's it. Who else is over there? Oh, uh, Geno, I guess. Yeah, after Jared Coffin. Yeah. Her cousins, like actually. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Wow, it should be another good football season, but we got more basketball coming up. Anyway, thanks, Charlie. Time for Roses and Thorns how has dominique been lately
2: bad or
0: good let's find out this is roses and thorns <laughs> roses and thorns everybody hey ashley
2: hey dominique
0: you always laugh at my countdown i don't know it's like a. it's a, a an industry thing that i would have thought was ridiculous before i started doing it but it like does help you to like count yourself in to I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about, but before I, we record this segment, I always go three, two, one, and actually laugh, Seth, every time. And then every I start time. talking. Yeah. But I
2: could be like having a panic attack, be- attack before we start this. I could be like sad about something. Like, and that has been the case like multiple times before we started this. <laughs> Both of them. step maybe just this once or twice, panic attack yeah. like, often not about this like you know just other stuff just me um but once he says three two one I'm like look at him thinking he's fancy and I cannot (laughs) help but to laugh
0: it's not even fancy it helps to like uh refocus or something or I don't know I feel like I could start
2: the conversation fine without it
0: I mean you're a pro I'm not I'm just I'm out here pretending imposter syndrome you're the one who's the professional just just
2: pause for a second Rosenthorns time with everyone's favorite Foxworth, Dominique. You and see, yeah, and I didn't say three, two, one. Like, what is the point? All
0: right. Well, we're done. I'll I'll stop doing this. You can record with Charlie and everyone else. And you can anyway.
2: How are you?
0: I'm good. and we just we just trudging along right here. Another weekend of crazy sports, uh, another week of surprises and I mean crazy sports, not including the professional ones. I talk about the professional ones with Charlie, but crazy kids' sports and a week of making it through, figuring out everything that's next.
2: I want to say about the professional sports really quickly. You know, I don't have many thoughts on those. Yeah,
0: you got pro sports hot takes?
2: No, I don't think it's a hot take, but it's I know that like LeBron James played well and the lakers one and steph curry and they're like our age at least almost and so that makes me really excited to see them out there beating up on these little kids i'm like you go old men um or we're not old is the thing we still got it 40s the new 20 um so i appreciate it that they that they won and i'm sad cuz they play each other in the next round right
0: yep they do you still got yeah, it i'm bad. i'm i'm past my prime but you were looking awfully nice at your art thing thank you uh, i had
2: on this corset that i was like please it but i was like but you know what that's what corsets are for to suck you in so but i was like please don't bust open too it's okay i had a jacket in case it did Uh,
0: fancy suit you look so professional and like not like artistically professional like an art ceo is that a thing
2: I didn't, well, it was just in case I got chilly or my or my top bust that I wanted the jacket. Um, I didn't wear it at all when I was there other than like to laugh at myself um, when I was going to the elevator. Um, yeah, it was fun going out, but I mostly liked doing family stuff this weekend. We had all their sports games. Um, mm-hmm. And my takeaway from that was, I realized like looking at my kids and watching them play sports, I posted a picture of the three of them in their uniforms and I felt like they get it from their mama. But like I was obviously joking, like so few of their obviously in equal parts of their genes. I'm not a scientist, but like we're they're equal parts both of us, but it feels like they're you. Like it feels like you have much more like input into who they are, which is not fair because I spent a combined twenty seven months pregnant with them and they are little yous. I don't have one little chubby, uncoordinated kid. It's really <laughs> well, sad.
0: I mean, they got some coordination from your side, because I mean. They're not dominating the way I would be dominating, but they're doing all right.
2: That is so rude. Avery is very good. Emerson just hates it. Yeah, Emerson has many more injuries than she does, like laps up and down the soccer field.
0: She's the she's the youngest and probably the the strongest. So strong. of our kids and like she just
2: bust out push-ups like she's been doing it since she was like five
0: yeah and when she when she's playing soccer with the, her kids she like sprints past them all and then just doesn't take the ball it just doesn't care
2: she does <laughs> but, like a halo around like the group of girls that are like circling around the ball she's like let me just float around the outside of it it looks like a halo because a lot of girls do that um but like she is like the widest one and then she gets injured like every five minutes and it's dramatic and full of tears. And Dominique doesn't care. Dominique, do you remember what you told her that was so mean? But later I was laughing. I was like, yeah, maybe she needs to hear that. At Declan's game, um, my son had a flag football game before Emerson's soccer game. And so I, we drove separately and I peeled off to take her at her game. And at the time, Dominique and his parents were all at Declan's game, but his parents had something to do later so they couldn't come to Emerson's game. It wasn't like, cause they didn't want to, but they had another obligation with another grandchild, um, with my niece. And so they said, they were like, we're so sorry. And Dominique says to this little seven-year-old, just turned seven-year-old, maybe if you put more effort into your games, if you tried harder and hustled, maybe more people would come to watch.
0: I mean, I had a momentary lapse in parenting. It was a mistake. I, oh, I had
2: those But too. She, was,
0: she was whining. It was just getting on my nerves because so she was about to start crying about it. It was like, you don't know, you know, want to cry because they're not coming to the game? Just play hard. <laughs> and then <laughs> she found yeah.
2: like 10 injuries to cry about during her yeah. little 30-minute game. And Avery the hat trick. So yeah. good for her.
0: I think she had, so Avery, this, this league is obviously, well, this is their last year in the league. Next year, they have to play through their school. So the competition will get a little bit better. And she but, will
2: have a rude awakening.
0: Yeah, she is going to have a rude awakening. All she's, these girls have been doing soccer. She they've they've had two rep. games this year, and Avery scored three goals in both of them. And Really?
2: I don't think she scored. No, she said she scored two. She scored
0: two game. in the first game and three in the second game, and they blew out both of these teams. They are not their whole team, I guess, is. I mean, they're better than their than their uh than their level. So they are gonna have a rude awakening next year when they yeah, get it's introduced like all to girls all who... the all the travel girl, all the girls who like really are serious about it. Who are going out to one of her friends I was talking to about going out to who's not on this team is a really good athlete, but she's talking about how she is going out to deep parts of Virginia to get in competitive tournaments. Like, we ain't about that life. We just go. Out there and oh, and I don't want to dominate be. these local girls and move on.
2: Like when we crossed the bridge to go to McLean for Declan's games, I'm like, ooh, that felt like a hike. Although it's literally 12 minutes from our house it's and there's no traffic. Really so no, I hope she's never about that life. I also really enjoyed the laying around with you and the kids. I feel like even though they were busy and I went out this weekend, we had a lot of like TV and movie time. I would like to make a plug or it's not a plug, I'm joking. I would like to make fun of myself. Do you know that I made the kids or the older two watch 80 for Brady with me one night? You were working down watching basketball. Because I figure Avery's cooperative. She'll watch whatever I say we're going to watch. And Declan, like, it's tangentially about football. Or it's not tangent; It's about, like, these old ladies trying to get to this football game. So he'll watch it for, like, the football angle. Because it's hard to agree on something. So we watch it. But, see, the thing is, I actually was so excited to see it. And, like, semi it going to the theater. Because I love Grace and Frankie with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. And it's over now. And it's so funny, guys. Grace and Frankie is, like, hilarious. Um. And so it felt like I was getting a little extra Grace and Frankie content, and I—I I mean, Rita Moreno's great, but also I love Sally Field. It reminded me that Avery's never seen Steel Magnolias. Um, we gotta watch that. Have you ever seen Still Magnolias? No. Oh. <gasps> uh, okay. We've what's been it watch about? It I know. I mean, so <laughs> like
0: this, you—you have an interesting taste when it comes to entertainment. It's uh, it's uh. Um, it's what it's, uh, it's mainstream. I would say that's the best way to put it. It's like,
2: no, I watched, um, very down something, the center. On Hulu. something on Hulu recently too. I can't remember <laughs> what it was, but I remember turning on Hulu.
0: I can't get you into nothing on HBO. Oh, I guess we watched, no, um, Insecure. I watched,
2: that was... on HBO. I watched Insecure. I watched whatever the second thing of Sex and the City was. Yeah, i watched, I watched a lot of, oh, Secret. Sex Life of College Girls or something, uh-huh. that Mindy Kaling one. So don't get me started. I have very, I have thorough, t- I run the whole gamut. But it was actually pretty funny. Um, So, you know, if anyone needs a family, friendly movie, there's that. And then there's also, what else was good that I watched was Want to Dance with Someone, I think, or do you want to dance? The Whitney Houston biopic. Oh, yeah. bio I didn't know it was as good. And good? something I was concerned about, they used her real voice, like for the songs, um, so like, like it was almost like eerie um, because like no one else could have done that. Right. Like could have sounded as good as her. So that would have just messed up any movie. But they actually like, every time she's performing, it's actually like a real Whitney Houston um, track behind it. um, But it doesn't like look bad. So I recommend that also. And then Alan came over, my dad, and said to Avery, you sing like her. She does not. Avery sings a little bit like me. And I was literally had my head in the microwave because I was getting something out of the microwave and finally the first he was like, No, I don't want to sing it. Like, no. And he was like, please, baby, just and my mom was like, Oh, she don't want to sing, don't make her sing. Cause my daughter was in a chorus once. So my dad, her granddad thinks that she is just the best singer. Um, I had to hide my head in the microwave because it was so she did like a note from of all songs, I will always love you. And like I feel like it was like changing keys. I was just like, "Oh my god!" But I can't talk because I can't sing at all. But anyway, watching it left me with a question, and it takes me back to a couple episodes ago. Um, I also was doing a lot of Tupac listening because Peloton had like oh, yeah. Tupac that, content recently. You got
0: that um that show coming out soon too. On and Netflix. I know. Well,
2: I think it might have started last week actually. I'm behind. That's on Hulu too. I gotta watch that, Dear Mama. Um, well, it's on FS, but it it shows they streamed on Hulu. But um. Is there any way that music today, like when I listen to like old music, I'm like, and I love Beyonce and I love Drake, but like music today, is it just that we're old? So like, is it was, is it like our parents didn't like our music when we were young or is it that it's bit worse? And will this generation, like people who are like teens now, who will they when they're like 40 annoyingly listening to old songs who besides Drake and beyonce will they go back and want to listen to
0: yeah i mean i don't know if drake i think drake and beyonce is for us our age and maybe a little younger i don't think like teens now are like really into i mean i guess drake everybody but, but yeah i don't think that teens now are like drake and beyonce I don't know. I think Tyler, the creator, is like a somebody who they listen to that they like a lot. I mean, I don't know. There's the point is we don't know. Like, I, if you ask your parents where you were young, uh, they wouldn't have been able to pull out like the people that you listen to. But I think at, at least I've been reading about how that like the old music is more popular now than it ever was. And so maybe they're just gonna like the same stuff like you listen to stuff that was from before your time.
2: When I think back about like. Well, did they ever have music we had when we were young? I'm picturing, like, Luther Vandross and, like, um, Michael Jackson, like, 80s Michael Jackson. Like, things from when I was an infant. Uh, Anita Baker, you know, like, old Mariah Carey. Um, So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I was alive, but I was, like, not actually enjoying the music thing because I was too little. So, that's true. So, I just got to keep listening to it and make sure my kids know those are the classics when they get older.
0: I mean, I'm sure they will know, but they'll also like, I feel like the Kendrick stuff is big. J. Cole is big, but I think this is also just like me being old. I think we just don't know what it is because we're not young enough to be on top of whatever. listening. I guess Avery, what she listened to, but she mostly just listens to stuff that we like when we're around to try to impress us.
2: Yes. And to antagonize me, she heard me saying like, or one night when I was cooking, I was playing Tupac. Okay, fine. Um, it was not edited, but Avery was the only one home, I think. And she came in and she was like Tupac. Why are you listening? I was like, Well, I always love Tupac, but um, you know, like I was thinking about it because I saw there's gonna be like us on Tupac sides and stuff. Um, and so I was listening to Tupac. And she was like, Yeah, Biggie's better. First of all, why you have to compare the two of them? Like, no. like it's just I hate comparing things generally. Like I think everyone can be great. But also little 12-year-old, shut up. Like she was like, because juicy. I like Juicy. And I was like, so do I. Why do you like juicy? Because I play Juicy. Like, so I've noticed in the car a lot, she's listening to Juicy. I'm like, do you think you're pissing me off? Like maybe you should be because of has curse words, but you're not. Um, so but but then Declan too, who's like, he had got back when um Avery and I were having this conversation from one of the practices he was at with you. And ever since then, he's like, you just, you love Dupac. What's Biggie? And I'm like, both of you can.
0: I um I introduced Avery to Rap Genius a couple of weeks ago, which may have been a problem, but I mean it's fine. She's she's old enough to handle it. She was telling well, me. Well, Apple about
2: has some, lyrics though.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that's why I introduced it to her because she likes to read the lyrics as she's listening to the music. And I was like, well,
2: to explain them.
0: Yeah, like you could understand that. Um there's like deeper meaning to some of these lines whereas most of the time and it's a lot of outkast songs that she's listening to and and following on genius most of the time with outkast it's like it's stuff that you can handle but there's a lot of other music where we're, t- we're listening to Kendrick and Declan's really into some Kendrick songs. So we're listening to Kendrick and she's on Rap Genius and she's on Rap Genius looking up the lyrics. And it's like the triple entendre here is like this sex act along with him being better than other MCs. And like, eh, Let's not go ahead and dive into any of this just yet. Like I know y'all know what's going on, but we don't have to you be, like,
2: I don't know. It. I hope they don't. I don't know. They that do. They know what's going on. No, because I didn't know. So, well, I guess they have access to so much more information, but I like to think that they're more innocent than you think they are.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't think they're as naive as because you think Because
2: you they were are. when you were 12. I was not. I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, but you kind of are. You I weren't. Wasn't. You weren't. I know. There You, you were was, getting close to it. Whereas no, I was like, not.
0: I was chilling, just trying to play football and get, my books booked
2: okay sure um do you think in this new music there's many double and triple entendre
0: I mean I think it's pretty straightforward like the, yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> is
2: proof that it's not as good
0: that's not proof that it's not as good it can still just be just as good and maybe it's just going over our head like I don't know what's the most popular song right now let's see pop charts
2: Okay, let's do a preview of. I was um, thinking before this, obviously, we had nothing to talk about today, guys. So, right before this, I was eating my breakfast sandwich. Kill Bill Bill,
0: Scizzy is the number one song. Right oh,
2: now. is that the one about she's going to kill her ex boyfriend because he's cheating?
0: Is his name Bill?
2: I don't know, but I, I think I heard that the other day. Yeah. Oh, and Avery uh, was really into it.
0: That Miley Cyrus Flowers is number three. That thing I like
2: that. That's nice. I actually do like that song too.
0: Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj is number four. Yeah. Um. Somebody named Morgan Wallen for last night is number Mm-mm-mm-mm.
2: two. And the guy that said the N word at a time. I could be wrong. I
0: have no idea. Maybe.
2: Okay. Maybe uh, not. And, and you know what it's about forgiveness i guess
0: it isn't, yeah i is. don't like
2: country music though like that except for a couple like a couple there's some shania twain and some carrie I mean, our
0: song is a country song isn't it huh? i mean the, i wouldn't say our it's our song. song so listen
2: i actually do really like that song so again we're catholic so like there was limited um i wouldn't say that's our song there was limited um choice in what we could say and we were like planning our wedding kind of quickly and, but there was like, there like there can be one song that someone can sing, like when the bridesmaids are walking in, like before the service starts. And so a friend of his little brother sings at weddings. I was like, okay, let's ask Jordan. And I was like, you got any suggestions, Jordan? And he sung a song that I was like, I know that song. It was in the Hannibal, too.
0: That's not my song.
2: It's <laughs> the only reason I do, but the little, little, or rascal, I don't say little rascals, rascal flat song. God bless the broken road, but he had, an, um, you know, like an R&B twist. <laughs> but yes, it was. But my mom, when she listened to it, she was like, so we're talking about like other things that were bad that got me to you. She was like, what is this? And how I was like, you know what? Jordan sung it first and it sounded nice. And I said, sure, go for it. We can't have outcasts. So F it, let's do this. Um, but we're not outcast Andre two thousand. That's all I wanted on that verse of uh, the international players anthem.
0: That is a great one.
2: I was going to play a game or come up with a game since we had nothing to talk about today, like one of those like couples, he's like, how do you know me? But as I was coming up with questions and then trying to make sure I knew what my answer would be to then see if he got it right. I was like, I don't know, but we'll do a preview of it. Okay. Okay. What's my cool. favorite color? Pink. That's an easy one. Okay. You got it right. Um, yeah, What's my favorite yours. color? Black.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, who's, this is one I don't know, but it was on theme. Name one of my top 3 artists. That's kind of cheating because but I don't think I can pick one.
0: I mean, Beyoncé's definitely in the top 3. I mean, I'd say Luther, uh, Anita Baker, we listen to a lot. It's always Michael Jackson in the rotation. Uh,
2: You didn't say see. Lauren Hill?
0: Oh yeah, Lauren Hill's been on the back burner for a little while. But yeah, Lauren Hill. I was
2: is... listening to her a lot last week because I find that Lauren Hill makes me feel peaceful. Her music makes me feel peaceful. And I was wanting to feel peaceful last week. Okay. For you, I would say Nas and Andre 3000 are two Pretty of your top good. three. Okay. Here's here's one that is what song when I used to feel myself a little bit more, could you not convince me wasn't like, made Fireworks. For me, even though I knew it wasn't? No. Nope. All I see is fireworks. No, you're close, though. You're really close.
0: Is it they say something about fireworks in the song?
2: They do say something about fireworks. Yeah, that's why song.
0: I think it's. And there's
2: another song on the album called fireworks. That's what I meant. That's why I uh, did you're close.
0: Right. What is it?
2: So you didn't do this one. Shut it down, guys. This is how okay, crazy I am. That was another song I went to walk down the aisle to. Drake, shut it down. Um, And the line that I really, really love was you're finer than your fine cousin. Honestly, my fine cousins are much finer than me, even back then. Um, but but I just love that song. Okay.
0: I feel like when you you say that it's like my responsibility to object to that, but then it's also like No, you're it. not my
2: cousins really attractive. Yeah. No,
0: I just mean then it's like those are your cousins. And so it's weird to be like, hey.
2: No, no, I mean you can love me more, but yeah, um My Ma has some great genes. Um and my grandmother, she'd be more beautiful than all of us combined. Um, I mean she was. Um oh, yeah, okay, so go. Thick. She was not thick. I don't know. I was just trying to say something to make you uncomfortable. It didn't work. Um, she was in great shape and had four children and was in great shape afterwards. A gym. Okay. I you it. now you come up with a question. Okay. Now that is disgusting, <laughs> Dominique. Like you cannot say stuff like that. Why can't I? That is so fucking weird.
0: Um, all right. That's the point. It's funny.
2: Okay, come up with one and then we can be done. It's
0: provocative. Give the people what they want. Um, all is right. that
2: what makes you think that's what anyone wants
0: it's not it's a line from a movie and from a, a song I've it's,
2: heard it's like an intro to a song yeah,
0: yeah it's that ice skating movie with Will Ferrell is the intro to Negroes in Paris
2: there you go go ahead
0: all right so I gotta do like the come up
2: with a question uh, but we'll refine this game Monday and like we'll have signs but so for now
0: a all right let's yeah, see it's a preview hmm let me google. No, something. you don't
2: have to Google anything for this.
0: I know. I was looking up. You I mean, can tell
2: you're looking stuff up.
0: Yeah, I was looking up uh questions? good dating game questions.
2: Well, I think it's more like a how well do you know me game.
0: Oh the same as a
2: dating game. Like I don't I'm know, like I think guessing so. to see. Okay. All
0: right, here we go. Which of your spouse's housekeeper or housekeeping habits drive you the most crazy? <laughs> um, what is one thing your spouse cannot live without? What is your spouse's best feature? what is your spouse's first car what movie title best describes your Are you marriage one? okay i would say one thing they can't live without would be a good question okay
2: let me think i have to think of the thing i can't live without
0: um i thought of something okay. for me let i me thought say, of
2: something for me. the
0: thing you can't live without i mean i feel like you could say phone for anybody um uh that feels like a cheat what Mm-hmm. It's something that you use a lot that you like a lot music a lot of music and you cook a lot but i think you could live without
2: <laughs> oh i sure could DoorDash, restaurants i would love it
0: i mean t- tv i guess i don't know it feels pretty boring feel
2: yeah like... that's for everybody i was gonna say airpods for you
0: oh yeah that's what i would have said for me too
2: oh good for me the first thing that came to mind was caffeine uh,
0: but I actually think
2: when I just don't have it, like I could survive without it, but I just wouldn't want to try. Like I only try when I have my colonoscopies or something like that. Um, or mildly, I tried during pregnancy, but not
0: I like that much. Leaving that floating there, we don't have to explain when you said my I have my colonoscopies. Like it's just a routine <laughs> thing. So I
2: have Crohn's disease, and I've had no. it for a long time. So I get colonoscopies. I really like to get them annually, but my gastroenterologist was like you don't need them annually. How about every 18 months? And I was like, or I think he tried to say like two years. I was like, where's my old gastroenterologist. Let me see. Did she come out of retirement? Um, cause she didn't give me this pushback. Um, she wanted, and it's also, and like, I, I'm sure he's right, but it's also my anxiety. Like, it's like, I would like to like, know. I'd like you to look and make sure I don't have anything going on. And every then, six to
0: nine months, you, you, um, tell me that you think you have cancer. It's, it's kind of, uh, Frustrating and sad, but hey, I guess it's something you worry about. You need to start taking these zannies that you've been prescribed for a year now, and you won't take pop one of them things. The kids be rapping about that too. I don't think it's for anxiety though. These rappers don't be taking so what do they take
2: it for? What else is it going to do for me?
0: I don't know what it does. I think it like, I mean, it's
2: and I couldn't just take that because I'm worried about cancer. I would need to take the other one that's like a. I was joking
0: you know you shouldn't take it because you're worried about cancer you should take it because you're worried about everything all the time
2: actually you even said this morning like I seem less anxious than I sometimes do
0: yeah you did today that's because I the last (laughs) (laughs) Lauren
2: Hill got me through it
0: your days have been really anxious but yeah I don't really
2: have they has the weekend or has the weekend been great
0: It's been great. Everything's been great. It's always great. Rose for you for always being great and life always being great and you having a great crochet sweater on right now.
2: Thank you. It's a hoodie. A hoodie,
0: crochet hoodie.
2: A rose for you is that you care. You realized over the weekend that Lamar was missing. Oh yeah, we had to track down. The the thorn is you could not find him. The rose though is that. His little or his big brother Declan. Declan calls Lamar his cat his brother. And that's another Rose Lamar Jackson is gonna stay with the Ravens. Um, and all these black quarterbacks were drafted so early, and that Jalen Hurts. My boo. Um, and Lamar Jackson both got their money. Um, But anyway, back to our Lamar cat rose. Because we might have had to – re either we would have had to rename our cat or, like, gotten new jerseys if Death decided to still be a Lamar fan or his new team. So I'm really happy that Lamar Jackson is with the Ravens. Um, We have to go to some games this year. But so he was outside. I think, like, Avery was cooking and let the cat out probably is what happened early in the morning. Um, And... She, yeah, she was cooking and man. it was smoky. So she opened the patio door and that's how we suspect the cat got out. Um, although sometimes just when I'm cooking, I want him out of the house. Like, cause I don't want him in the kitchen with me when I'm cooking. So, but anyway, I don't kick him out, but it was pouring rain Sunday, excuse me, Sunday morning it was pouring rain. And so Dominique just realizes like a lot of times we don't always see him. Um, But Dominique's like, I haven't seen the cat in a while. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I've been out the night before. Like he's like, I don't know where the cat is. And so Dominic starts looking for him and we use like his little training, his cat clicker, and he's not answering. So I'm like, shit, you're right. He's missing. Um, So we look, I'm outside. Why I didn't take two minutes to put on normal clothes, I don't know. But I'm outside in a tie-dye bathrobe and like my daughter's crocs. And eventually I change into a raincoat over my tie-dye bathrobe. Where you can still see the bathrobe under my raincoat and new bounces. And I'm walking all around looking for the cat and Dominique's walking around yeah, looking we for the cat. We were outside for
0: about 35, 45 minutes trying to find the cat. Yeah,
2: and like adding on the time we looked inside, it was like an hour of looking for him. And the kids knew we were looking, but none of them cared. We're like, have you seen Lamar? Have you? Like, mind you, it's their effing cat. And they were chilling. And then finally, Declan like, starts to get a little worried. He's like, you really can't find him. So he goes and gets all these little treats of his out, which we didn't have. That was like, this is his nose that good that he like smelled him. But anyway, we had the clicker. Declan goes outside. He looks around the house first and starts throwing treats random places, like up steps down steps around the house hoping they'll get him to come out and then he was like he really isn't around which we had been realized I was like oh shit. I had posted on next door the neighborhood app already um I was like this isn't good guys and so I um Declan went outside and I was out front I heard him go out back and he said Lamar that's how he says his name in my opinion um And then I hear a meow, and then I was like, is Declan imitating a meow, or did he just find this cat in 30 seconds after we have been looking for his vine in the cold rain for an hour? But, yeah, it's the roses that you realize he was going before he got even farther, so thank you.
0: And I came up short finding him, but it was good that Declan found him. It was good. Uh, He survived. He was rainy. I mean, he was wet, but... (laughs)
2: if anyone has any suggestions he is chipped like if someone were to find him and bring him to a vet they could figure out he was ours but he doesn't like collars like like he all the ones we got him he's either gotten off of or gotten stuck on thing with himself in it so like so if we can't have ones that he can't get off but then the ones he gets off he gets off um So if anyone has any suggestions, like, like, can we take an air tag and just like slip it in his butthole somehow? Like, I know we can't because he would poop it out. But like, is there anything we can do? Because the kids, I mean, with the doors being open more and more, the kids are going to just lose him.
0: Well, he needs to be smart enough to know where to come back to. So, it's well, that's what, that's what
2: he said. He's smart. He knows his home. Don't worry. Yeah. And then this morning he said something he doesn't remember. He has a bad short term memory, but I guess he has the long term memory that allows him to come home. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it was great um, contriving topics of conversations with you. All right. Well, everything's I, great with you.
0: Oh, so sweet. Well, I will plan better for next week because I feel like you're
2: disappointed in
0: me because I didn't have a better show planned
2: all right i'm not personally your fans could be but they could have just turn it off by now fans. so i don't have fans not you're you're right you're listeners
0: yeah they're more listeners we're friends here they're my friends that's
2: true i do like that i think so too i think that's so nice
0: thanks friends see you next time appreciate you Bye. Ashley. thanks sarah abbott Addie Conn, and Christy DeBuswell, as usual for hooking this up on the production end this is the dominique foxworth show